This is F.T. Dale Licker of The Institute. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm here today to tell you about a magical cure for boredom. If you have access to a computer via a dial-up modem or at your library, or if you're a millionaire, if you have some sort of computer system in your home, it's very easy to avail yourself of this product. What am I talking about? Why, of course, it's Is This Tomorrow, available at isthistomorrow.com. You say, Dale, what is this thing you're talking about? Well, I'm here to tell you, Is This Tomorrow is a weekly comic, a webcomic on the World Wide Web. Is This Tomorrow features panel after panel of topical humor ripped from today's headlines. Comics Kelly Shane and Woody Compton put their heads together and come up with a brilliant array of satirical situations featuring the staff of the fictional Zorro News Channel. In real life, Woody used to work as a security guard at a mental institution, so he has lots of experience in these sorts of things. And you're thinking to yourself, how much is this gonna cost me, Dale, this miracle cure for boredom? I'm here to tell you that you don't have to pay one red cent. Is This Tomorrow is absolutely free. And you can look at every one of their comics at isthistomorrow.com. Once again, absolutely free. Miracle Cure for Boredom. Is this tomorrow.com sponsors of that record got me high podcast? That's Rob Elba. And we are here again, and we have a special guest. Special guest. Today, it's Miss Emily Milgram. Welcome, Emily. Do you prefer your full, all three? Emily Milgram, Emily Blair Milgram. It doesn't matter. Okay. It's usually, like, most people don't even know my name is Emily, because they know me on the internet. Yeah, yeah. And so they think it's Emil. Oh, that's right. I've heard people. Didn't, uh, didn't hey. Michael Stock call you Emil? Uh, yep, Michael Stock called me that. This is Michael Stock. Um, Welcome to Folk and Acoustic yeah, Music. Yeah, I think people know me, and then they're like, hey, Emil, what's up? And it's like, you know me from the right. internet. Yep. By never the way, could I, I wouldn't feel bad about that, because could I also mention that Michael Stock uh, doesn't know who R.E.M. Never heard of R.E.M. either. Which is insane. <laughs> I don't think Michael Stock knows who Michael Stock is. <laughs> All right. Speaking Let's, of, yeah. This I is, think, welcome to Trash Talking Michael Stock. Have <laughs> you ever been up to that? You've been there. We, we were, were there. there you were there. It we was there like, man, That's dude. That's when he... It, uh, 1978. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like the whole place is like you visit to 1978. <laughs> he museum. had a pretty good command over 1978, he, though. He, he liked to do his shit. He did, oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> we, should, we should have him on as a guest, but make him do an REM record. <laughs> uh, oh, there we go. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. All right, so Emily is the uh, drummer for Las Nubes. And uh, also the percussionist for uh, in, in Barry's little band, uh, Mr. Entertainment and the Pookie Smackers. That's right. The band I play in, I am also a side man. That's in right. The not Pookie Barry's Smackers. band, yeah. Oh. yeah. And uh, Emily, uh, she's also a managing partner at Sweat Records, the awesome record store here in uh, Miami. Yeah, can vouch for the awesome. The owner of Other Electricities, record mm-hmm. label. Record label no one's heard of. The founding director of the Miami Girls Rock Camp. Founding co-director. And when she's not doing all of this, wow. she can be found in a field of grass recording, recording like grass right. and bugs That's and right. stuff. Field <laughs> recordings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's great to have you here. And what are we doing, Emily? What's the record you picked? 
Uh, the record I picked, like, probably isn't even a record. It's it's demos, sort of, um, and it's uh, Jeff Buckley's sketches for my sweetheart, the drunk. Yeah. Right. So originally he he was working on a record that was tentatively going to be called um, my, sweet my sweetheart, the, the drunk. drunk. So this is sketches from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, all right. So Jeff Buckley, for those of you who don't know, uh, singer songwriter and um, famous father. Yeah, had a famous father, Tim Buckley, Tim who, Buckley. who we didn't really have a relationship with. No, right? no never even met him, right? I don't, yeah. think. Um, I don't. I mean, when they like when he was little, little. Yeah, but but they had no no yeah. functional relationship. No. Uh, just a really uh, up and coming, very very talented. He was a combination of the things that I that I hate. Very talented and go. really good looking. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't yeah. like someone that has. You know, if you're really talented, you have <laughs> to be, be good ugly. Looking. You gotta yeah, be do you ugly. Get both? I don't know. I feel like some some moments there's a good angle, bad angle going on with him. Really? Maybe he's just hung over in a photo shoot and that's what. Even yeah. then, though, I feel like he's still yeah, kind of dreamy. He was, though. he was an attractive guy. He was. Um, uh, tragically, uh, tragically died, uh, drowned in a sort of like a yeah, sort of a side, like a tributary of the Mississippi River, the Wolf mm-hmm. River, I think. Mm-hmm. Went swimming with all his clothes on, and which there, was probably not a great idea. There's like a barge or something that went by, by, and it and barges and make a lot of undertow, and it sucked him under. And, his, and it was the evening before, like his band was they were was, on their were way, on their way to start recording uh, proper this record, right? But. but, but, but he has already started to record this record proper. With, the, with who? Tom Berlane of television, who he requested. The record company was like, you should use Butch Vig. Butch Vig, yeah. <laughs> and the, he, he declined and said, no, I want to use Tom Berlane. And I'm sure they were like, who? Right. Oh, that guy. Yeah, television. Right. Sure. But then he ended up, he really wasn't Didn't happy like with him, right? Well, yeah, I guess he wasn't happy with Tom Verlaine, but I guess Tom Verlaine wasn't happy with the band. Yeah. There was all sorts uh, of everyone not being happy with everyone else yeah, in different it's directions. Hard to say. Yeah. So, um, how did you, so Emily, let us know. How did you first uh, come to this record, and how did you come to. Uh, yeah. Right, because how old were you in 1998? Uh. 16? Okay. So, so, so you're in the you're in the ballpark for this record. So so um, Jeff Buckley, I actually didn't hear Jeff Buckley aside from that um, last goodbye song, which right. I think is fucking horrible. <laughs> um, it sound it sounds like um, a reality bites cast off Oof. like soundtrack Oof. song that they were like, oh, this one's like too cheesy. So I had only ever heard that, and I never felt. Like looking further into him because I thought sure. that song fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, and then one night, this must have been 90, 99 actually, okay. I, was hang- I was hanging out with my friend Tom, who also records stuff in the grass with me. He's the other <laughs> half of, of our field recording cool. duo. Yeah, um, grass recording. We're hanging out. He had a little um, efficiency like apartment by Biscayne Bay, and yeah. we're hanging out. We're drinking, smoking weed, um, and uh, he starts playing this stuff. And I'm like, the fuck is this? Yeah. He's like, oh, it's Jeff Buckley. And yeah, I'm like, well, no, but Jeff Buckley has that horrible whatever. He's like, no, dude, that song sucks. You have to hear the rest of the songs. And and he was playing this was play- record well, in particular? He was or? playing Grace. So oh, he was oh, playing yeah, the first right, record. Right. And I like, you know, something happened to me. I was like, whoa, oh, this yeah. is really fucking interesting. Yeah, it, yeah. So in like kind of proto file sharing days, I was yeah. able to just like go hotline, on, yeah, or, uh, or LimeWire. Lime I think yeah. we, I was using BearShare. Yeah, I remember BearShare. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I was able to go on and that get, was uh, you know that was coded and invented right here in a bar on Fort Lauderdale on uh, US One. Really? Yeah, yeah, at the Cubby Hole. It was invented so I could get these Jeff Buckley songs. <laughs> Nobody's and, gonna and, get and that joke. <laughs> <laughs> BearShare. Uh, um, hey, uh, Tom will get that. Joke. Derek Bob Mold, Bob Mold, do not, do not call it. <laughs> so I got, I, I had to like get all the songs, you know, and and uh, a lot of this stuff wasn't readily available to me, or I didn't have money, and you know, sure. pirating stuff was easier. Yep. I don't remember the exact course, but I was like, I'm getting all the fucking Jeff Buckley stuff. Right. So I had all the files that I could get in like a mishmash. Like there was oh, okay. no order. Right. So it was like tracks from Grace along with tracks from Sketches along right. with some other like weird yep. live stuff and all these things. I also didn't know he was dead. Oh. Well, right, because he was dead. He was it's gone the, already. It's, my so. Mi- it's the Mitch Hedberg problem. Yeah. You know, Mitch Hedberg, I started, I was like, man, this guy's really funny watching all the videos. Yeah. Man, let me go look at his... <gasps> Oh, 
Wikipedia page. He's but dead. I was able to find that out pretty quickly. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's dead. That sucks. But at yeah. least there's this stuff. And right. I got I got really into that stuff. Um, and as it the way it kind of shook out later is the songs from sketches were the ones that resonated with me cool. the most. Yeah. Right. right. So. Yeah. Well, he was a more. I mean, he's. You know, he's a couple of years on from Grace, three maybe more mm-hmm. from Grace, and sort of more on his own because that stuff from Grace. I think Gary Lucas, he was in a band called Gods and Monsters with the guy Gary Lucas, mm-hmm. who was Captain Beefheart's manager and had been a guitar player for Captain Beefheart oh, for a really? long time. Yeah, and I think Gary was maybe sort of, you know, shepherded him a little bit, and so that had a little more of just you know a. A, a combo sound of he definitely yeah he definitely seemed to me like he was still trying to find his his voice and absolutely what he felt because uh, 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 the thing that that grabbed me well the first thing I ever heard by Jeff Buckley was the um, Hallelujah mm-hmm. uh, like Hallelujah. a quarter of Grace's covers yeah you know? and, and so that's, that's and I feel right. like he was really right. good at taking other people's songs and reinventing them and mm-hmm. he just had because he had this raw talent he was a, he was a great a guitar player aside from his yeah. voice he was yeah. an amazing guitar player and he just has this like this voice is he was great at doing other people's songs and i feel like as did his father had an incredible mm-hmm. voice his voice isn't necessarily like his dad's but his father also had an amazing voice and could sing like and you go man like weird ass falsettos though yeah, and exa- some sustains that are just like i mean yeah. those are like that's some genetic shit right there it is right. I agree. yeah yeah it has to yeah, be yeah was his dad really good looking too? Was his dad dreamy? His dad, his dad was, dad was <laughs> very <laughs> dreamy. His, his dad had yeah. curlier hair. He did, yeah. Um, and his dad died at twenty eight. Yep, really. Yeah, Heroin. So, he was. Yeah. A, he was. He had. He was. He was. Was he a junkie? He was a heroin user and it quit. And you know what happens? He decided to go for one last fling, and uh, which uh, his tolerance was down, and he did the same amount, and he oh, oh, wow, died. Tragic. So yeah, so there's like sort of this air of tragedy about anything oh, yeah. about Jeff Buckley. Yes. And and um, yeah, listening to this, I feel I was saying to Barry, I was saying. I feel weird. Like I, I don't feel weird talking about it. It's something you definitely should talk about this this record because it was. But they put out this stuff, and it's great that it's out. But it's not necessarily, you know, uh, maybe he wouldn't have. Well, he probably didn't want this to be out there because he he wasn't happy with, with right. these things. But it should be mentioned that he was a perfectionist and right. might not have been happy with anything, anything he right. did. Well, so what I was going to say though, but it's probably not fair to critique it too much because you know I could picture him from the afterlife going, "Fuck you!" I didn't want it to be like that you know don't mm-hmm. critique it but definitely to talk about it but yeah you just can't I just feel creepy critiquing some of this stuff because it's just sort of a piece well, it's sketches because it's because it's called sketches you have to say this is like having an artist sketch pad it's like if you had you know one of Van Gogh's sketch pads and you were like oh well, you know yeah, we get a we get a look into it. Yeah, and some of it's some of it's more finished than other oh, stuff. Right. You know? Well, it yeah. it's sort of like a decline, like a oh, yeah, decline, definitely. and then you Which get like cool. a live track. And I yeah. didn't know because I never, even though I knew. So once I heard that Hallelujah song, I actually yeah. got Grace, and it listened to Grace. Hallelujah is a Leonard Cohen song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Cohen. also that took him how many years to write? I don't know. Didn't it take him like a really long time it's, to write Hallelujah? Possible. It was like something like twelve years or some oh, shit. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But Jeff Buck's version of it though is just like it's one of the. Man, I, I, I feel crazy saying it's one of the greatest recorded covers, but it's just like it such is. a little work of yeah. art. I got to shout out, though, John, K- so John Cale's version. Has, is, a, gra- has a really good <laughs> also, version of it, too. And he's not the guy you would necessarily pick to sing that. And when you hear it, you're like, wow, that's that's impressive as well. Because um, Leonard Cohen's not known as his as a singer. Mm-hmm. So no, interpretations no. of his songs often are well, more it, highly... It totally took it to a whole different level. And he does that the Smith song... Uh, I know it's over. Uh, Jeff mm-hmm. Buckley does a great cover of that. So yeah, so I actually got Grace, and I I never, I I never really loved Grace. I mean, I I liked his voice, and there was something about the quality, but I just thought some of the songs were, were kind of weak on it. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. it's kind of it feels kind of smashed together. Kind of, like, and, and also kind of boring single. in parts. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There's a couple of songs on it I really love, and if I put on, if I go and I see it in my playlist. I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna play that one. Yeah, Mojo and Pin is like ridiculous. Mojo Pin, and then great. The, the title track is pretty incredible. Grace and, um, all right, so the, but this Dream record, Brother. and yeah, so I'd never heard it. And I came to a cold, and and yeah, I I really enjoyed this. And the more I listen to it, I uh, like I said, it, it it just you can't help it when someone dies like that young. It just sort of it, it's sort of changes how you're gonna listen to it and how mm-hmm. you're gonna experience uh, experience it. So that definitely happened with it. 
Yeah, you know, he's everything about it's just like threads, you know, unfinished threads of his of his life. You know, it's just so, and it was it happened in a relatively short period of time. Um, ninety, what did Grace come out in ninety four? Yeah, ninety three, ninety four, right, right. And 94. then, the, and then he died in ninety eight. But he'd been yeah. In ninety six and ninety seven is when he was the original sessions for this thing were right. Chamberlain. And if you listen, especially the, the early songs in here, uh, they sound a lot like uh, Tom Berlain's uh, solo stuff. Like I have right, Tom Berlain's right. solo, and right, you, right. you could definitely hear Tom Berlain's stamp on the uh, <laughs> yeah. On the I'm gonna just song. say I like Tom Berlain's production on the Jeff Buckley records that I do better than I do on Tom Berlain. Record, yeah, like yeah. Well, there's just something about. You shouldn't yeah. produce your own record, probably. Right, right. You know, somebody needs some objectivity. All right, so let's get in. Let's just get into the. We got a lot of tracks to talk about. Yeah. Uh, it starts out the sky's a landfill. I really like this song. This song is crazy. It yeah. is. He was he was like definitely like having some existential shit going on. Yeah, yeah. The this, the lyrics are are just sort are, of a, a, some internet foresight going on here yeah. too, like predicting how crazy shit was gonna get. All right, but then if you did you ever have you seen the there's an interview with him asking about it and he said the song is basically uh, just about smoking. No, it's just about smoking. Yeah, but but he was like he was notoriously yeah. like yeah. an yeah. asshole exactly. making jokes exactly. all the time. Right, right, right. right. So, so, I mean, Obviously, it's not. Definitely, yeah, well, watched, yeah. he was reading some Philip K. Dick. You know, right. whether he wants to admit it or not. Right. Well, there's and yeah, <laughs> exactly. This doesn't come from no, nowhere. And he's a, he was a young guy. He was, so. All right, but you've got to say who does this song sound like? The first song it sounds like uh, a pavement. It sounds uh, like yeah. what I wrote. It sounds like pavement. If if the singer sounded like he uh, gave a shit. <laughs> a theme we return to again. Well, I just, I had to Steve, Steve Malcolmus doesn't give a shit? Yeah, exactly. Well, you see, he I'm he a pavement like, fan, Rob. It's not a pavement I, fan. I used to run into him in elevators in Portland all the time. He's impossibly tall. <laughs> he's very tall. Six foot seven But that's like my only commentary. You of can't him. hold that against yeah, him. Yeah, he's no. just tall. So no, maybe, maybe sure that's why he doesn't give a shit. He's like, man, I hit my head I'm sure everything. he's a good guy. He's a great songwriter. Pavement, uh, Crooked Rain's a great record. We did it. I like the record, but... But I don't it's the like delivery. The delivery that he he's per, he tries to sound so much like he doesn't give a shit, and yep. it's like uh, you know enough already. Give a little bit of a shit. Yeah, this is a thorn. <laughs> it's a sore spot. It is. It is. And also, uh, this. Wait, and a do you want? Do we want to talk about the fucked up record and having me having to listen to the guy scream all week? So <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say maybe Damien Abraham singing some of these songs would sound better. Imagine that. Um, also, I hear Radiohead, the the Ben's era Radiohead in, in some so of these like, earlier. Yeah, he would have heard that. Crossover, and I guess um, Tom York cites Jeff Buckley as a really big influence oh, really? on OK Computer. Oh, right, but I think interesting. he might have heard them mm-hmm. because it's this. The Ben's, I, I feel forth, like for sure. Forth, forth, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Now, all right, so Emily, you you were teasing in our pre-conversation, you were mm-hmm. teasing that this wasn't, you had some other record in mind that you were thinking of doing before so, this one. So the record I wanted to do was Cocteau Twins, Heaven or Las Vegas. Uh, right. Ah. And I thought that that was, I mean, I don't want to say too obvious, but maybe for people who know me, it's like, that's the obvious choice. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, um, oh, Emily. They're like, yeah, of course, of course she's picking that one. Like, if we have to hear her play Cherry Colored Funk in a DJ set one more fucking time. Um, I have all the remixes and maxi singles too. Nothing um, wrong with that. Yeah, yeah nothing um, wrong with that. but so I guess um, so. So they say, and so she said too. Liz Fraser and Jeff Buckley were had some sort of relationship. Yeah. Right. In the span, uh, uh, maybe a year, a couple years before he died. Right. right. And um, they like recorded a track together, and they were you know communicating and hanging out. And I guess there's a Cocteau Twins EP. Um, that's supposedly in, influenced by him, by their relationship. Right. Um, and then they also say that the Massive, Atta- Massive Attack song, Teardrop, is inspired by him. It was written after he died. Oh, really? Wow. And that's the okay. song she sings, and it was, yeah, her her way of coping with that death. Uh, wow. So, Can we work Lawrence from Felts into this somehow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, right. Richard did so stuff that's, with Felts. That's, that's so my only connection. All right, that's all I go. got. That's so, all I got. I, I, I listened to the Jeff Buckley and Liz Fraser song before I came here just because I had only heard it a couple times. It's not that good. It's okay. It's not. You know? Yeah, I know. It's Susan kind of like, sent okay. it to me, actually. It's, it's one of those things okay. where you're like, oh my God. You would and think then, it's going to be amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. But the, maybe felt, they, the felt they, song is better. The felt song is way better. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, maybe, maybe they, cr- yeah, maybe they cr- cancel each other out by virtue of their, yeah. like, emotional, so emotional insanity. I'm sure. And they're like, here's a nice folk tune. Yeah. All right, so some of the lyrics. This way of life is so devised to snuff out the mind that moves, moving with grace the men despise, and women have learned to lose. Throw off your shame or be a slave to the system. 
Yep. This is some good I see you taking down the drag. Yeah. So, um, one more lost soul to raise your flag. Sky's Landfill. Um, you like to dance to the rolling head of the adulteress. So somebody's been decapitated. You sing in praise of suicide. We know you're useless like cops at the scene of crime. That was a line that resonated with me a lot because I've, I've been at that I've been at that crime scene with your steroids and your feedback and your stable and your trainer. Now, who this is? A, he's talking about a, some wealthy person here that he doesn't like, or an archetype of yeah, that, right, or, yeah, yeah, you know, composite thereof. Yeah. Composite. I got a mail bomb for you, Mr. Storm. He'd get in, he'd get in trouble for that mm-hmm. today. <laughs> they couldn't play this on the radio today. Well, or yeah. post 9/11, no, they couldn't play that. Uh-uh. Right, Throw out the right. stones from all the cemetery homes for the violence of a nation gone by, or the politics of weakness and the garbage dump of souls that will now black the sky. Like, Damn, Cause, it's heavy. Because you know heavy. what? Because you know how why, how do garb how do souls black the sky when you burn the fucking bodies when bodies are burning? That's that's what he's talking about, right? You know, smoke. So uh, and and I have to feel like as much as this record got who knows what he would have wanted that, but this still is a great first song on. Oh, if it would have yeah. been my sweetheart, yeah, yeah. the drunk. This would have been a great yeah. first song for it's that like, record. It's like, hey guys, remember Grace? Well, fuck that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Sounds yeah. like nothing like anything on there, and yeah. it's still great. Yeah, and he's then, definitely coming into it. And own. now we shift gears completely for the second song. Right. Everybody here wants you, and this is yeah. a little more classic. Uh, classic. And yeah. I, I I rooted out the source. Yeah, of well, because I was thinking Prince. Oh, it's kind of like Prince, but it's not. Not really. Or Beck, because Beck is doing the same stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a song called "Win" by David Bowie off of Young Americans. Young Americans is, and you put it on there. The and R&B like, album. It, yeah, it, the R&B. The that's R&B what this album. Is. This is and like this song, Luther Vandross is on that record. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. And you put on "Everybody Here Wants You," mm-hmm. and you then you put on "Win," and you're like, oh. That's he, the way yeah. he's singing and the way Bowie is singing. Mm-hmm. So I think he's he's referencing that here. That's just my feeling. Is it's like Young Americans because Young Americans is an uns, is the record that over the years, kind of like a Kubrick movie, mm-hmm. has grown in stature mm-hmm. in the Bowie catalog. When it came out, people were like, "It's like oh, genre yeah. tourism, right? Cool. Yeah, yeah, right." <laughs> <laughs> but then now you're like, "Oh, this is actually a really great that record." Might be my favorite David Bowie record. It's a great Unpopular record. opinion, but no, really? it's a great record. Yeah. Well, it's got my but favorite. But I'm like a sucker for R&B and soul, so uh, like okay, I hear okay. Bowie doing it, and I'm like, fuck, man. Well, it's got my favorite David Bowie song on it, which is Right, which is is this just this groove, like this three chord groove, and there and it's but it's amazing. It's a beautiful, amazing song, and he was fucking coked out of his fucking mind when he made this record and Station to Station. Bowie was. Oh, Bowie right. was. Yeah, okay. yeah, he didn't even he doesn't know what the lyrics to Station to Station are about. <laughs> He has no idea. He doesn't remember recording the record. If we, well, if he did, really that, doesn't now. If we did that much coke, what would we be doing, Barry? We'd be, we'd be, we'd dead. be dead. <laughs> we would just be. We're dead. too cheap to do that. Though. We aren't built. Yeah, we're, we're no. not built like. We would have spent the money on something else. They don't have discount kosher cocaine at the liquor they store. They do not. <laughs> so, but uh, I, he sings with this silky uh, falsetto that he has, and I could see. I, I could see uh, obviously people thinking it's uh, sexy sounding. And, the song and is I a guess panty it dropper. Is. I, I, it, it is. is but yeah. I, just, I speak I, from experience. Is yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. 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 No. It, I yeah. see that. Okay. You know what it is? I just hate the word sexy. Yeah. No. I, I just yeah. it, it just makes yeah. me uncomfortable. It's probably you. my yeah. uh, Jewish yeah. guilt. You, you know. I just. Uh, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> But it is, but I mean, it, it, he really does sing the fuck out of this song, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, straight soul. And now we change gears again, sort of, was opened once, which is a really pretty song, mm-hmm. but it's not, this is the first one where it sounds like it definitely could have been uh, fleshed out, or would have been yeah, yeah. fleshed out. Yeah, yeah, um, mm-hmm. quarterly, I was actually, <laughs> you guys, I sat down with a guitar and was playing, playing these first few songs, and it actually, um, quarterly is not that different from um, everybody here wants you, hmm. which is funny, um, but it yeah you're right. It's not quite as totally all the flesh has not been added yeah, onto the it bones. It sounds like of something this. that he was probably still playing around with and gonna flesh out. What do you think of the song, though, Emily? Do, do um, you like? I, the- I think it's beautiful, and he's definitely testing stuff with the vocals in it. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's messing around with vocal arrangements, and if yeah. anything, that fills it out enough to make it seem not as sketchy. Right, right. Sketch like. Right. Um, <laughs> <Sketchy>. <laughs> yeah. No, we're in Hollywood. We got sketchy in spades. Yeah, just walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> walk outside my front door. 
and again Get away from my car. with the lyrics they just take on a, a new level of uh, gravitas after his death because mm-hmm. especially the end he says of course I am a railroad track abandoned with the sunset forgetting I ever happened oh yeah and every time that I ever happened every time I mean, there's he's a like water. singing over it and it's ghostly yeah, yeah. it's so ghostly it is it's haunting a lot of this shit on this record is, is like and haunting every right? water reference in this song you're like oh <laughs> Hindsight's 2020, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. It totally is. Uh, And now we get into the straight-up goth song. Mm -hmm. Which I love. Nightmare by the Sea. But you know what I love doing? I love to imagine uh, Peter Murphy singing this song. Okay, because this... But there's a couple of touchstones in this song that I said I'm going to talk about that... Okay, the riff is Killing Joke from um, 80s he opens up with oh, a, oh which the is one the, that uh, Nirvana stole also. the same yeah, one that yeah, Nirvana right. stole and this is like the grungy-ish song well there's two grungy-ish songs yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A, a, little, very, a little like, bit yeah, but you grungy, know what yeah. the real reference in this song is the real reference is Susie and the Banshees okay this is a Susie and the Banshees yeah. song and there's even a part in the middle that is straight out of of, uh, of a Susie song from the John McGeeck era where oh. there's this guitar riff and I'm like Holy crap. He's been listening to Susie, and this is his take on mid-80s uh, Susie and the Banshees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Cities and Dust and, um, you know, uh, Juju. It's got, there's no mistaking that guitar sound and those guitar chords in that one part where I was like, that's McGee. There, he's doing, you know, everybody's new wave guitar hero. Now, I want to ask you about the lyrics, Emily, because I know we were talking and you said you didn't really... And check out the lyrics you just know from listening to it so I've much I've listened to it so much and I know like I, I don't know if I've ever sat down and read the lyrics right. I know what I think the lyrics are alright you curious. know they're probably like 85% on that what do you think he's saying in the chorus when he's saying you're like because when I looked online I saw two things I, I think what, he, what when he your says rube, it, your rube a lot rube, of things he says your, your rube, rube is young and handsome uh huh but I've also seen your uh, Bluebeard's Young and Handsome, and that kind of makes more sense with the rest of the song. Yeah, I, I've heard Bluebeard in that. Right? Isn't you that also like a, isn't that a Cocteau Twins song? Not that we're trying to draw too many parallels. But. No, it is. And it's also the Bluebeard, I think the song references, is like a French... Um, uh, it, it's well, there's like a, a nautic. There's a, well, there's also there's a there's a there's a like gothic seaside, yeah. um, almost enchantress or maybe bad female spirit at work in this. Right. right. So, so I think it, so. You think it's Bluebeard too? That's right? what I always thought. But it on said. the official Jeff Buckley site, mm-hmm. I'm doing uh, air quotes. It, they say Rube. <laughs> but well, it's but like it I think it's wrong. Same, but, but it's your rube is young and handsome. Is your rube? You know, I wrote a rube is a rube is a sucker. I know, in a but carnival. it just doesn't. It doesn't even read right. It does because if she's if she's this enchantress, yeah, he's, and she's brought he's brought she's yeah. brought this man, and he's going to come to a bad end. So maybe um, I've, I've maybe loved, at one point he said bluebeard, and then said maybe in the sketches also. he's saying bluebeard. I mean, that's nautical. Yeah, it it's piratey. Yeah. It and is. It could have changed it yeah. to rube. And that's true. Yeah. I've, I've loved so many times, and I've drowned them all uh-huh. from their coral graves. They rise up when darkness falls with their bones they'll scratch the window i hear them call don't know what you asked for and then um all young lovers know nightmares blind their mind's eye your rube is young and handsome so you your bedroom floor you know damn well where you'll go so I, it, there's you're right gothic and that's what also Susie. i'm gonna tell you this is a Susie and the banshee song this is like some shit that Susie would have written you know how the every song she writes is some new twist on some new, dark, gothic, evil thing that she's fascinated with, I think this is his. Uh, this is that. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's, yeah, and it's just really good. It's an awesome song. I love yeah, the song. It's a, it's a good one. Do you have a Ouija board, Barry? Maybe we could have a little seance right now and <laughs> get him, and we can find 70s. out exactly what. I remember we got one in the seventies. I was like, it seems kind of fucked up. But. All right, so we get to song number five is Yard of Blonde Girls, mm-hmm. which I really it's a total this, lift, I really total like shift. This. From Nightmare by All right, the and I'm think and I'm listening to this. I'm going, wow, I really like this song. It's a great song. And then come to find, it's not his song. It, it was written by sisters, these two sisters, which I know one of the sisters, Audrey Clark, was in a Boston band I, when I was. I did not know this. Called the Three Sixties. Uh, that was her band, and then her sister Lori Kramer was in a band called the Paper Squares. And for a while, they had a band together called the Pendulum Floors. Notes over there. 
classic. I mean, I remember what I wrote. All right, and uh, and this is their song, Yard of Block. But he does a great cover. I had of it. no idea that that was a cover. You just assumed it was like his song, right? But yeah. I think this sounds to me like Black Francis Pixies is influence is in here. Well, this well the girl that she was well, from, from, like Boston. I said, she yeah. was from so Boston in the yeah. late eighties. Yeah. So yeah. it was. Yeah. You're right. It yeah. is. Yeah. I was like, song. Hey, here, I mean, definitely you're Pixies. Trying to in imitate there. anyone in Boston and you in the eighties. Just also, imagine Black Francis singing this, and you'd be like. Mm-hmm. Yep, I well, can see that. And also reading the lyrics, you could see how they spoke. They, they were like in his wheelhouse for lyrics. Oh, oh sure. Well, that's why I had your, no idea. I yeah, thought, it, you know, that it's, worked. It's in your heart. It's in your art, your beauty. Even in this world of lies, there's purity. You've got innocence in your eyes. Even in this world of lies, you're still hopeful. Very sexy. Your favorite word. That's him, yeah. Very you're sexy. You're done. You're tapping out. No more okay. reading okay, I can't help okay. it. I can't help it. Fear, Emily. we may come. <laughs> So run, 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 run. <laughs> it's it's cool song. He it's was a really afraid. Cool song. He was afraid that of this song. He was afraid of the record company trying to make a hit out of this mm-hmm. and the grunge. He I, actually, I think he kind of missed the grunge band. I think he might have been wrong because I think by the time this would have come out, it would have been past the, the past the. But I think it was like when Alice in Chains was getting a little post that, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like right. like that was the parallel they were trying to draw. <coughs> Yeah, he was just, he didn't want to, you know, he wanted to control his, he was a control freak, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's, oh, they haven't yeah, said that yeah. yet. But well, I, definitely getting, yeah, like like you were saying, Emily, just from watching, I, I actually, I watched the, I just a couple days ago, I watched the documentary called uh, Amazing Grace, is it called Amazing Grace, I think? I think so, yeah. And, uh, it's on YouTube, right? You saw it on YouTube? Uh, yes, I saw it on YouTube, and uh, but yeah, you could tell he was difficult, uh, difficult yes. interview, and also kind of probably kind of annoying, just because it was someone he was he was a guy that was sort of trying to get outside, uh, trying to sort of cynical, very cynical about a lot of things. And but just, I think I'm going to say this is probably you know this is not complimentary, but he seemed very enamored of himself. Yeah, and well, and yeah. Well, why wouldn't you be? Like, I mean, you look he knew. Listen to his he, voice. knew he knew he had it. <laughs> he knew, exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah. How could you not? Like, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't coy about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 All right. So we're about the halfway uh, point. About we're going. <laughs> are you one, one third. Well, of our podcast. Yeah, not of the Yeah, we pick up speed as it goes along. Yeah, okay. We have to really work on these drinks more, Emily. All right. We have to do a second. <laughs> you thing. guys right. haven't even. What's going on? So we're going to take a little bit. break, and we're going to come back with the second half of that record. Got me high with me, Barry Stock, and Emily Milgram. We'll be right back. Hi, this is F.T. Dale Liquor of the Institute. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm here today to tell you about a magical cure for boredom. If you have access to a computer via a dial-up modem or at your library, or if you're a millionaire, if you have some sort of computer system in your home, it's very easy to avail yourself of this product. What am I talking about? Why, of course, it's Is This Tomorrow, available at isthistomorrow.com. You say, Dale, what is this thing you're talking about? Oh, I'm here to tell you, Is This Tomorrow is a weekly comic, a web comic on the World Wide Web. Is This Tomorrow features panel after panel of topical humor ripped from today's headlines. Comics Kelly Shane and Woody Compton put their heads together and come up with a brilliant array of satirical situations featuring the staff of the fictional Zorro News Channel. In real life, Woody used to work as a security guard at a mental institution. So he has lots of experience in these sorts of things. And you're thinking to yourself, how much is this going to cost me, Dale, this miracle cure for boredom? I'm here to tell you that you don't have to pay one red cent. Is this tomorrow? Is absolutely free. And you can look at every one of their comics at isthistomorrow.com. Once again, absolutely free. Miracle Cure for Boredom. Isthistomorrow.com. Sponsors of That Record Got Me High podcast. We're back. We're back. We're back. After an interlude where I was... 
you know, yeah, uh, we wasted everybody's Barry time. Playing DJ, we, yeah. we were nerding out. All right, yeah, this is that record got me high. And real quick, I got to make a, a Patreon shout out to. You got a shout out to everybody. Pa- no, I'm not shouting everyone out, Barry. I'm giving a shout out. They say you get one shout out. All right, calm down. <laughs> Jim Mer- and you can oh, become. Uh, are we taking? Do I have to say that again? Do I have to yes, shout out? Shout out Jim again. Murphy? Do it again. All right. Well, let's give a shout out to our newest uh, patron, uh, Jim Murphy. He's a seven dollar patron. Thank you so much, Jim Murphy. Yes, and, thank uh, you, Jim. You could become, and Barry's going to do something special, make a special thing for him, and I'm going to send him a sticker, and it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you could go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh and become Absolutely. a patron. Yep, us. and uh, because we're awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're moving through sketches. Uh, four for my uh, sweetheart, the drunk. And who was his sweetheart, the drunk? Who, who knows? That, I don't. I don't that, think Liz Fraser was a drunk. Girl? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. Either. So, no. no. Probably just. Maybe it's him. Maybe he's. Yeah, like it could the be reversing person. roles. Oh yeah, right. All right. So we get to song number six is "Witch's Raid," mm-hmm. and uh, again, a, a lot of sex going on mm-hmm. a lot of and this I think is about being under a lover's spell sort of right the, mm-hmm. the witch's uh, rave uh, and and this this song is kind of upbeat sounding for him yeah it bounces it's a bouncy <laughs> it song it does which you the, don't you don't get too many bounces. The, cor- the chorus is really like yeah. sultry yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay yes. I went and got my notes because oh, good. I actually okay. I now, actually sourced this one out Now the show's starting because yeah, Barry just we, got his notes. Now the show's proper Damn it, starting. Brandon, and your switch on pastor microphone. microphone. Yeah, yeah, we have to get a new mic. Barry, you have to get a new mic. You yeah. got to use some you can, of your. You can gaff that XLR. I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, Witches Rave. Uh, what I got from this, and, and we were actually, Susan gets mentioned once per podcast. That's my wife. I already mentioned it. We're, you did? Yeah, I did. But With the ice machine. That's not really. Witches Rave, squeeze XT. Right, Barry's mic is giving trouble. Are you sure? It, is, is it the mic? It's the mic. It's the mic. Yeah, yeah you okay. You get the other mic. Nah, another the, one. Yeah, that sounds the, like it has a solid connection. Then the sound will change in the middle. It's all right. It's okay. Don't touch anything. Squeeze XTC is split ends. It's got a very... Mm-hmm. Those, oh, okay. Any yeah, of those yeah. three groups, you go, oh, that bouncy kind of thing mm-hmm. going on. Right. Which is, he kind of went, but he jumped back to the 80s because a lot of this stuff like, was like 90s. Almost jangle pop. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah definitely. Yeah. And Which is unusual for him. Mm-hmm. But like I said, this is all about him exploring but different shit. Maybe right? he was listening to some felt because he was hanging out with Liz Frazier. <laughs> right. right? Oh, maybe so. <laughs> right. So... Uh, it sounds like a scream. I don't know what you mean. Your witchcraft's all around me in your ragged pagan scene. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. All is well between the breasts of passenger and slave. We'll never make it out alive to join the witch's rave. What the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, a lot of times I don't yeah. know, and I don't think he necessarily does uh, knows what he's talking about, but good uh, a good uh, poetry good uh, good lyrics you know he's just evocative sort of, but not uh, uh, evocative that's and he could have been freestyling because technically these weren't finished so no, they're sketches right. you know and all right so well, we there's some witches there's some witchcraft references in here hey I try to keep all hidden when you come around oh no the sight of broomsticks sliding on the ground <laughs> yeah the broomsticks kind of maybe go a little you're levitating maybe that's like stilettos because I feel so collectible <laughs> oh that's yeah. good we're all lying natural He's watching from a window up above. I see he loves you. I'll bring you closer. Something in my face says it's not right for me. Tell me, am I cursed or am I blessed? I can't tell. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. But at the end of the day, he's always going to be a little detached from it all. I agree. Because he says... I can't help from looking outside for a I guarantee. I don't know exactly what he's saying, but he's talking about I'm looking from the outside. He's a storyteller, and I, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think he necessarily is a confessional storyteller. No, no, he's uh, detached from a lot of shit. I, I agree. All right, so we get to song number seven, New Year's Prayer. I really like this. This is like one of my favorite so the, things. So the band, I, one of the bands I used to be in, because I've been in bands, um... Quarter Horses. We, yes, we Quarter covered Horse. this. Um, I, I saw you guys cover this. And it's funny because I was like really pushing like Novi. I was like, we got to do a Jeff Buckley song because you can sing. You yeah, can yeah. sing like that. Yeah, yeah. So like, let's do it. Like, and I want, we wanted to do Grace. Um, we wanted to do Mojo Pin. We want, and he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just, I can't, you know. Um, I can't I'm picture like, Novi like, doing you, that. I can't you, picture him being like that. No. So I'm like, you tell me the Jeff Buckley Try song harder. you want to do, except for Last Goodbye, because I will not do that one. Right. And that's the song we're going to do. So we ended up doing New Year's Prayer. Uh, yeah. okay. Which is, um, 
We played it on the 4th of July, which is like not New Year's, but the other time you shoot and fireworks. You know, so. And you know what's funny? When I heard it now, now because this is the first time I listened to this record, mm-hmm. it sounded familiar to me, and I know that's how it sounded from hearing yeah. you guys. Yeah, that's well, funny. And you know, it's very Eastern. Uh, this is the very is. Eastern, Eastern sounding, influence. Very well, mysterious yeah. sounding. I was playing before, before you got here, Emily. I was playing for Rob. You know who Jeff Buckley's favorite singer was? Nusrat Fatah. Ali Khan. I was playing in some Nusrat Fatah. Ali Khan. He just throws that out. Yeah. Come I mean, on. it was pretty well known. Yeah. He was, I was putting some of that on there. I mean, that's right? also probably Peter Gabriel's like favorite dude, too. Right. So. But also, this I played. Um, there's a song by um, Swans off of um, um, To Be Kind. Mm-hmm. And it's got the same. Michael Gerard definitely heard this oh, before well, he recorded they that. They would do a lot. Yeah, they did a lot of like that eastern sounding they sort of did, drony that, type the stuff. Riff, like the, the drum beat, I was like, man, this sounds like Swamp. And I went and looked on um, and it was, you know. Oh, that's it's, cool. It's, it's there. I, yeah, I like this because this is one of the instances where he uses his voice like an instrument, like mm-hmm. it's another instrument in it. And he can do that because he's got this amazing voice, which uh, the one rap that, I, that bothered me about him and seeing some live stuff and everything He's got this beautiful voice that he could use on delicate soft songs, but sometimes I feel like if he tries to rock out too much and push it, mm-hmm. he doesn't have enough heft behind it, I feel like, sometimes. And I feel like it's kind of, uh, you know, it just it doesn't, I'm not convinced totally sometimes. I mean, he was still learning. Right, like, right. He was that, still, yeah, yeah. That's a powerful instrument to try and command. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah right. Like, definitely. Trying to figure out a how to A little God in my hands right. is, the, is the Swans tune where... It's not exactly the same, but the rip, the feel of it's like, ooh, yeah, this is the same exact feel. That's yeah. cool. And for any fans of the USA series, the uh, Dead Zone, this is the theme song for the first three seasons oh, of really? the Dead Zone. Huh. Wow, did not know that. Nope. Well, that's what I'm here for, man. Yeah. He's got tell, some good. T- telling us that other one was a cover. Telling <laughs> us this one's in the Dead Zone. Yeah. All right, so now we get to uh, Morning Theft. Yeah. Which is a real pretty song and. Evocative. We used the word evocative before. Yeah, very so, much so. And this definitely is. I've heard. I've heard people speculate in conversation that this is a Liz Fraser kind of thing, maybe going on. Yeah, I did see something about that online. But too, there's yes. no verification of that. But I could, you know, Seance, wanna, Luigi, let's get a Ouija if board. Wanna, if you want to break down the the lyrics and read into them and whatever, you can make it whatever you want to do. Right. But this is a beautiful song. It is. This it is, is like a beautiful, bittersweet love song. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, like, definitely. Time takes care of the wound, so I can believe you had. So much to give you thought I couldn't see. Gift for boots, heels to crush, promises deceived. I had to send it away to bring us back again. This song has a Leonard Cohen vibe. Oh yeah. So this is Leonard Cohen reappearing again in his in his as stylistically as an influence in him. Um, You know, you can imagine Leonard Cohen singing it, not quite as. Delicately, <laughs> but and, yeah, and there's not really like <coughs> choruses here. There's just these refrains, right, right, you know, right. Yeah, which is exactly. also very Leonard Cohen. Yes, yes right, so. yes, absolutely. And then, yep. oh god, at the end, you could tell, you could tell, Jeff had issues, had issues that issues. he was still working. That's through. Rob's all purpose. That's French- all purpose <laughs> emotional blanket issues. Issues. Yeah, issues. Friendship. Well, listen, friendship battered down by useless history, unexamined failure. Oh so, yeah, like, Jesus, oh, yeah, Jeff. Right. Wow. <laughs> You're a woman, I'm a calf. You're a window, I'm a knife. We come together making chance in the starlight. All right, and now we get to Vancouver, which, who, all right, Barry, this song starts out, who did you think of at first? I Birds. Oh, see, I said R.E.M., but there you go, the same uh, thing. Right, you're right, yeah. Jangly gets, it's probably R.E.M., but mm-hmm. to me, I was like, that's the Birds, 12-string, but then it kind of mutates into more, like, later on on this record, he does a Genesis cover, there's a Genesis vibe, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway vibe to this, and I know he was, he was listening really into, into that. Genesis. Yeah. He was, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Genesis, uh, what sticks? Yeah. Yes. Right. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Whatever. I'm well, on board with two of those choices. <laughs> Which two? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> no, I think everyone here knows that Sticks is not my favorite group. <laughs> Uh, so this song, uh, for years, actually, it was an instrument. He played it as an instrumental, and you could, and there is on on at least one live uh, thing. You got an instrumental version of it. It's really good. It's really good. I almost enjoy the instrumental version better than this one with the lyrics, uh, just because it's just really good. And this is a real band band type song, you know. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. tell you like yes. Because I I think in a way, as much as he was he did he was known for just playing guitar and singing, and he did that so much. He really wanted. A band. He wanted to have a, a full working band, and because that was a lot of the shit that he liked. He was mm-hmm. where these 
bands, but he was probably terrible to be in a band. Yeah, I would. Yeah, <laughs> didn't he fire like three drummers right. in the yes. okay. making of this? Yes. Yeah. Who was the who else? Oh, Marky Smith was the fire up. Band oh, thing, the right? illustrious, yeah, <laughs> yes. Marky Smith. He so is the, he's I, the gold standard of the I feel like here's family. the problem being Jeff Buckley is what Jeff Buckley needed was a foil in the band that was someone who was, he needed a Keith Richards or he needed a... Oh, like, probably, yeah. To, someone that he, he, he could, could dismiss and he just could, fire. Exactly. Yeah. He, that he would have to compete with artistically and I think that would have helped him in the long run to have a, somebody who... Basically, yeah, that he couldn't dismiss. That he right. was like, all right, well, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Fucker, you fucker. So we should mention really quick the other musicians on the musician stuff on here. You got Michael Teague on guitar. You got Mick Grandal on bass. And you got two, two drummers listed. You got Eric Idle uh, and then Parker Kindred. Okay. I don't know which is the first and which is the second drummer. Uh, I'm assuming the earlier stuff is the is the Eric Idle okay. and then Parker Kindred was. And, and the then one Tom Verlaine was quoted as saying that he thought that, like he said, he thought he was better without the band. Yeah. So. Tom, Tom Verlaine also maybe <laughs> right. probably wasn't the best idea. Yeah. Even though as great as Tom Verlaine is, you can't imagine him being a, a producer who's going to organize other people to do stuff in a way that's not either yeah, condescending. Yeah, yeah. Or just like, you know, right. he's fucking Tom Verlaine. You're not going to argue with Tom Verlaine. You're going to be like, uh, okay, Tom. Yeah, okay, we'll do it what you said. All right, so now we get into a bit of classic uh, Jeff Buckley, you and I. Because this is classic because it's acapella. It's, it's mostly pretty much acapella. Acapella. There's some ambience yeah. there, but yes, right, right, right. All vocals carrying this. Yes. Maybe you could have you could have added some like grasps. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I will. I'm gonna do. We're gonna do the archival do feedback remix, remix of well, you and I. This is also the Nusrat Fatah Ali Khan influence mm-hmm. in oh, there with yeah. the singing. And, and this is, I'll tell you, it's very intimate. And almost, when I listen to some stuff, it almost makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Right? It's oh, right there. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear yeah, you. Yeah. I'm glad to hear I'm not right the only there. one. It's, it's, it's like he's saying sexy without saying it. Yeah. Right. Right. He's, saying it he's saying it right in you, your I feel ear. like what you is, really understand what I meant by that. <laughs> no, I, I get it. <laughs> right. I, it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> with so eyes, it's like, with eyes of liquid brown, if we had only known in a way we wouldn't reach this ground, you were my only home, Silver Eyes. I want to see you shine. And we will feel the weight fall away from us in time. So, By the way, Barry reading the lyrics close makes me uncomfortable also. Yeah. Yeah, it should. Well, th- well, that and like, you know, he's dragging out some of these words. Not Barry. Jeff no, Barry right, yes. dragging out these words. Yes. And it's like, it's one syllable and it's going out for like, you know, yeah. two bars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and you could hear him yeah. just sort of thinking, experimenting with it and using his voice. And it's great. It's great. So it's like. Well, that's something his dad did too. Yeah. As his oh, really? dad progressed okay. his career. And as his father got more and more out there in terms of his personal behavior. He made a record called Lorca, yeah, which Lorca's is totally insane record. Is it really? totally. It's got one pop song on it. It's got this one little pop song on it, and the rest of it is in. Wow. It's, it's, it's really So, uh, genetics. It's like you said. It's, uh, it's in there. It was like baked totally. in. Uh-huh. It was baked in. Probably the, the tragicness, too, was baked in. It could have been, yeah, man. Um, all right, so now we get into two. Well, at least as far as I, I, I mean, l- like Emily was saying, it's not the order is is suspect. What yeah. the actual order? Yeah, should there's be. no different order. Ver- different versions. It's arbitrary. Of we already talked Spotify, about. they have two remixes of Nightmare by the Sea and New Year's Prayer, which I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on record as saying I'm not a big fan of remixes like this because it's like. Am I supposed to go back to the other one and well, listen and I then actually, see what's different? I actually lay them like, over like one over homework. the other, and there's not there's significance. Not much there's difference. like a little less low end. Yeah, one. that's right. Right. Like, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to have to go back like, like I'm put, doing homework. They didn't put reverb on the snare no, this they're, time. They're they're not yeah. different takes. I can right. tell you that it's no. the same vocal. It's the same. Yeah. It's just there's that somebody. was unnecessary. Just give me whichever one you think sounds the best, and that's good. Yeah, but when yeah. someone dies, it's like give me every single fucking possible thing. Right. Oh well, that's why these people like Vulo. Mike Vulo buys the. Uh, the first um, mention I think on the sounds. podcast of Mike Bulo. <laughs> oh, shout out the, Mike by the hey. Pet Sounds expanded thing where it's got like 20 versions of you know of uh, yeah but Brian uh, Wilson's know. not dead true <laughs> and well, I gotta say well <laughs> some of that bootleg Pet Sounds shit that's how I heard not Pet Sounds um, Smile oh, the bootleg right. Smile stuff the first time I heard it there's one that's called um, it's a collection is it of, Smiley Smile the bootleg no, of Smile no like no no it's not it's um <laughs> It's just a bootleg of this smile stuff, and it is fucking creepy as hell. Oh, it's creepy. It's insanely creepy. So he redid it, and you listen to the redone one, and you go... Yeah, no, that's not the same vibe as the as Brian actually literally losing his mind and doing. You know what? The, his drug of choice. 
you know, the Beach Boys drug of choice. What? You go to her, hang out with the Beach Boys in their, in their whatever in LA. Yeah. And they had a big. The cat tranquilizer? No, they had a big thing of uh, whipped cream containers. Oh, so they were doing whippets. They were doing whippets yeah. off. That was the thing. So, so weird. trash cans full of, of empty. Uh, What's the whipped cream brand? What is it? Ready Whip. Ready Whip. And, uh, you know, with uh, still with the cream and still in them. Something I can picture Rat being into. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you? I'm glad he's not. Former but, uh, guest, Rat Bastard. Rat Bastard. He'll be back on. Uh, yeah, sure. All right. No, he will. He was great. All right. How we get to Haven't You Heard? And uh, this, so this is the first one where it gets where it's clearly a demo. Yeah, they're starting to break just, down. Here. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. So clearly a demo that still was going to be fleshed out. But the verses in this, I really like the verses in this. Uh, but I feel like the fall, he's singing like falsetto in the chorus. And I feel like maybe he wouldn't have stuck with that. Trying to figure still, out what was going to work. Right, trying to figure out what's going to work. Which is really, in a way, it's weird that we get to hear all, you know, that we get to hear this. Okay, there's yeah. A, yeah, there's an interesting line in this, though, that sticks with me. Have you heard... This talk about eye contact gonna be the downfall of this town. So it's he's talking about everybody who's like they won't look at you in the face, and everybody's like really thinking they're being really cool. Yeah, and yeah. They won't actually deal with you straight up, face to face. Yeah, this is kind of uh, to me what I got from the song. It's kind of like about the the breakdown of civilized society and like how fear and mistrust is starting to manifest itself with people. Yep. And he was a very paranoid person. He was. So. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, oh, was could, he? In, I didn't know that. In this song, you could you could see the paranoia and you could feel it. Yeah, you could feel the paranoia. Well, if he's reading Philip K. Dick. He's on That's the right. me yeah. speculating. That's yeah. not, you know, but no, I'm just saying. I'm everybody going everybody with reads Philip. Oh, so there you, you go. Know, you know. Right? <laughs> I, you know. Everybody Thurston Moore, feel free yeah. to call in. Yeah. Offer right, your now, fucking opinion. <laughs> now we get to, I know we could be so happy, baby, if we wanted to. I'm trying to not break. And wow, damn, girl. <laughs> oh, you said you were. Them phones ain't free. <laughs> I'll be breaking your phone. All right, uh, is this that is, a new one? Did you get a new no, one? No, this is an old one that Her barely works one. because the other one was. Let's actually, Barry. What I found out: if we get Emily really mad, she'll throw this one against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I told oh, you that oh. in confidence, Rob. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. There's no confidence on uh, that record. That, got yeah. me high. It's all on. Uh, yeah. I'll cut it. All right, I, it's I necessary. Again. I know it could be so happy, baby. Uh, uh, clearly unfinished, mm-hmm. but this song also uh, potential had good potential in this. Paranoia song. will write the world's prayer. Make oh, sure here's your paranoia yeah. right here. Make sure that you fit in and fill the right hole. But when you take his offer, you're done for. Mm-hmm. So who? Yeah, you know. And the this, man, this one's like a man. pummeling rhythmic thing. It's yeah. Just yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Driving yeah. this idea, you know. Very, very, yeah. And now we get into a weird one. Murder, suicide, media, this is, slave. This is him drunk as fuck eating the exactly. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with what, delay what, and What overdub. I wrote, it sounds like, this is more, I feel like, Radiohead, or maybe before Radiohead, but this sounds like t- a Tom York, like, uh, like messing around on a four-track yeah. when he's well, drunk. It is. I mean, he's, yeah. This and one, it goes on forever. It goes on for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, this is... I there's just, some cool yeah. shit here, yeah. though. There there's, definitely there's is. There's cool ideas, and it's like he probably yeah. would have yeah. mined those ideas and rearranged them, and it would have been a great three-minute song. Right, 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 right. But here, yeah, someone has to pay for the damage done. No one's going to love you now. Your whole family's splintered. You're a slave to it all now. Yeah. That's some dark shit. Yeah. Welcome down to Paradise Rock. There's no single entrance with the stars to revol- revolve around. There's no real underground. No stars to revolve around. Here they are fashioning the noose, sickened by the knell of the graveyard bell. You know it's not long for you, sick of all the vomit childhood. Not a trampoline of the freaks, not even a slave to your father. Oh, you're a slave to it all now. So is he talking about, maybe there's some self-reference mm-hmm. uh, stuff in there, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, I think as we're getting uh, to the end of this, these songs, there is more, a little more introspection in some of these Well, I think songs. stardom made him uncomfortable being, even though he... Oh, you could tell that. You could totally tell that in his, like, interviews and just seeing them. He was just like, yeah, he, he was just like not having it. Not having it. it. <laughs> not having any of it. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're, 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 you're so good looking and you're talented. Just enjoy it, you know, but people can't enjoy that shit, you know? Um, and then you get people like Barry and me that, you know, we're right. Remember we'll the one we, we talked about on, we get, we talked about, we're the people whose parachute parachute did not fully open before we hit the ground. <laughs> you don't have to chortle quite so uh, diddly at that. Emily. No, that's just how I laugh. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, now we get to a really odd. To me, it's an odd cover. But you said he, he was, was a huge into Genesis, uh, Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, I could see him being. Um, I could see him and uh, what's Peter Gabriel. Uh, Peter Gabriel sort of being kindred yeah. types. Well, and now like my spirit. my brain is saying was Jeff Buckley into Kate Bush. Now I'm having this whole oh, other line yeah. of thought. Yeah, you would think he would have yeah, to have been, yeah. right? But I don't. But where? Where is it? And what? You know. But he would have. But he would have to have loved. Well, he would have had to. First have loved of all, Kate Bush. who? Who? Anyone doesn't love Kate Bush? I don't want to know them. I don't want to be friends. With I them. think it, you know. I met somebody recently who was like, I just don't like Kate Bush. Oh but fuck yeah. them! Huh? I'll figure but out. But what if they is. heard like Babushka and that's it? No, nah, I don't know. Fuck them. It, I well, or you know, Rat's take on it is like the only good Kate Bush is like the first two albums. Yeah. Well, that's like, Rat's okay. tape of just about anyone. everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and anything except for my dad is dead. Which you picked a record from '97, right? A record from 15 years after you know. Yeah. All right, but this is this was on the the Landlines down on Broadway and probably, but this song I feel like could have been like a full. It, once they really recorded mm-hmm. oh, with a yeah, full band, yeah, could yeah. have been like a yeah. really cool cover, well, like a monster a, cover. The, the, the Genesis song is actually a real. It, the whole that whole record is kind of like is Peter Gabriel's swan song with Genesis. Right, like right, that was right, the last right. record he made with Genesis. And there's a lot of stuff on there that sort of presages what he was going to do in his solo career. And it was less prog and more, um, I don't know, just. Um, Less overtly prog and a little more straightforward, mm-hmm. even though it's a it's a rock opera technically about a street Puerto Rican street kid in New York City, um, which you would think Peter Gabriel knows a lot about. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right. back in New York City is a this killer song. So now we get to Demon John, mm-hmm. and this is I feel like this is him facing his demons. And do you feel like Demon like who do you think Demon John is? I'm thinking it's like him. Maybe. I got notes on that. You got notes on that? I like how you could hear the paper rustling. <laughs> yeah, like Maybe I don't. Sorry. Yeah, I feel like Demon John could be him, and, and it's a version of him that he's not like crazy. And that's probably why he sings it with this different affectation. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah referencing right. Referencing Demon John. Exactly. Yeah. Why did you come here? Is it to excavate all your sins? Boil, Boil within? within? Yeah. Slaughter. <laughs> this is good. Uh, slaughter like, like the, the daughter of the devil. This you is a metal me. song. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Slayer, right. Yeah. 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 Maybe and maybe he's just riffing. Like mm-hmm. we talked, you know. Riff, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of riffing and speaking of riffing, we come to your flesh is so nice. Like who do you think of when this? I think of uh, Bob Pollard or well, I, I think, think of Robert Pollard. This I, sounds like it could be on a I even like, like got a like a, a little like Lou Reed on a lot of drugs. Uh-oh. Like later the delivery though, the delivery <laughs> on this song I got is um First album, Stooges. Okay. So, but you know, it's in that. It's definitely in that ballpark. Yeah, Lou Reed. Yeah. Like shock. Know. There's a lot of shock value in it, which I think yeah, is yeah, a very yeah, Lou yeah. Reed kind of yeah. thing to be doing. Yeah. Well, this is on. this is one of his few sexy songs that uh, that I don't feel uncomfortable with because <laughs> it's funny. so. Cause it it's makes so me weird. this see this song makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Does it really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's we're, we're yeah, different yeah, people. Because right. I think I think he's really like trying to push that like he's but trying to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See that? I mean, that's why I'm not Your uncomfortable. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Let me take a bite. There's also something very like teenage to it yeah like someone I'm like you, smoking this, pot in their room and i'm telling you this is him listening to the first stooges album and going oh i want to write a song it's got a simple fuzz riff mm-hmm. it's, a, like- it's more complex than a stooges song but the delivery is is iggy it's funny you said the teenage thing because i always feel like and it's almost kind of mean to say but seeing the document and everything that he was kind of juvenile he could be ju- juvenile seeming in a way well, like, how old like was he, he when could he, act, died? he was he was 30, 30. so uh, he was already well into his 20s but i felt like he kind of acted almost like a little immature in a way like uh, which is fine some people don't like find themselves what's your yeah, excuse yeah. rob well uh, you know hey <laughs> you're 56 <laughs> I'm 55, by the way. Oh, sorry. So fuck you, oh, Barry. Like, my excuse so, is I sorry. really like pop punk, so yeah, that's why yeah. he's uh, stuck in the. <laughs> um, but yeah. How did this turn into an uh, attack on an ageist attack on me? I, I think that's. that's no, I'm there. 54, but so it's not like. You know, <laughs> whatever. But I just, I got that vibe. I don't, like I said, it's kind of mean saying, but that's fine, really, because he really wasn't yeah. that old. He was in his 20s, so I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to give him a break. Yeah. And yeah, maybe he did write this. Like, uh, like fucking Angry Samoans. We were like, 
they were how yeah, old they? Yeah, they were in the 30s. They're right around the same. I mean, he could have been digging deep. He could have been yeah, like, oh, right. remember that song Tom, I played when I was 17 after look, I listened to the right, Stooges? Right, right, I'm going right, to try right. and do it now with a band in Tom Verlaine. Exactly, exactly. So. But no, I think this is four track, though, right? This yeah, is yeah, this stuff. The yeah, end this stuff is But I'm just saying, he was probably like sketching it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's try this one, guys. And then, yeah, so now we get this song, Jewel Box, which is barely even a song. It's like a wisp of, like a little wisp of song. Um, I know you are a woman by the way you burn below. Ooh. <laughs> What's he talking line, about? Right? I'll tell you secrets so good you'll never tell a soul. Come closer, that bonfire holds his life like now, stones. My years, say, my okay, life unknown. His dad, um, Tim Buckley, wrote lyrics like this too, where he was talking about women in a very... Um, in a very seductive and a very explicit way. So, okay. I don't know if he's listened to his dad's music. Maybe he didn't, but that's... Uh, you got think he had to have. Yeah. Like, how could you not? It's really easy to, for him to just go on the record and be like, no, I never, blah, blah, blah. Right, but you right. know, he was... Well, like you said, he was a very unreliable... Uh, narrator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, about his right. own... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. He sort of just threw shit out there. All right, so we get to from what I got was the final thing on here, and it's uh, it was something that was recorded on a on a radio mm-hmm. uh, radio program, and it's this is again classic him because it's just him and his guitar singing this song satisfied mine, which is it's like a classic song, but it's not his song. No, it's, it's, a, it's from the twenties, right? It's like yeah, it's like standard. one of these country standard, like a country standard. Um, but did you know the interesting thing about this? story well the lyrics I mean if you read the lyrics mm-hmm. they're like so prophetic about how he died but he played this song at a tribute concert for his dad in 1991 and Porter Wagner and this song was also played at his funeral hmm. oh and the lyrics wow. are so uh, just this passage when my life is over and my time has run out my friends and my loved ones I'll leave them no doubt but one thing's gone for certain when it comes my time I'll leave this old world with a satisfied mind and the sad thing about it is, I don't think he did. Yeah, no. no. Mind, right? Yeah. Well, like, that's so the irony. I mean, wishful you thinking. Know. Yeah. Oh, poor yeah. Jeff. But what year? What year was it recorded at WFMU? Uh, two thousand. No. <laughs> Yesterday. Nineteen ninety-two. Okay, so that was that was like way more early on. It was his. Yeah, when he was doing. When it was that, just like, uh, hey, here's this guy who happens to be Tim Buckley's kid, who's yeah, fucking stellar right. too. Look he's at like this. Amazed. This kid's amazing. Can he you goes, imagine? Yeah. I mean, listen to. And you're like, what the? Like, if I right. was like scanning shit in here in WFMU, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Right. And then label, you know, you know, all the labels were like, oh, we, we got to get this guy. We got to get this guy. Yeah. He was kind of coy about it for a while. And yeah. it's just, you know, with someone, it's, it's sad when you listen to this because you think, who knows what would have happened with his career? Who knows? Okay, he could have so, ended up being like a, yeah. yeah. Speculation is a obscure jazz musician. Like right. Some people are like, right. he would have been like a Jacko character. Yeah. Because he right. was. Yeah, on that, yeah, he was, yeah. But people who believe in fate may say this is just... This That's is how it happened. It. Yeah. yeah, well, right, there's, right. So, um, you know, he wouldn't have had access to Wikipedia, unfortunately, but A Satisfied Mind is a song written by Joe Red Hayes and Jack Rhodes. Hayes explained the song, the origin of the song, in an interview. The song came from my mother. Everything in the song are things I heard her say over the years. I put a lot of thought into the song before I came up with the title. One day, my father-in-law asked me who I thought the richest man in the world was, and I mentioned some names. He said, you're wrong. It's the man with a satisfied mind. Damn. <laughs> now that's country. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you're right. man. And, and you're right. I think that was something he would uh, he aspired to. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, right, yeah. But didn't, uh, Maybe he's singing it ironically. All right, so that's it. We did it. Uh, thank you so much, Emily. You were a great guest, fun. by the way. Yeah, yeah you, you got to come back on. <laughs> keep up. We got to do a keep Kate Bush, Bush. Yeah. right? All right. right. I'm kind of putting that down. I mean, I, I know someone I know someone who would be a good Kate Bush guest uh, if I could convince him to do it. So. No, uh, you. But besides you? Uh, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just, uh, there's someone who's a better Kate Bush scholar. All right, so what are we... Next week... Uh, the, by the way, this is our final... Do you know you're, this, this is one. our final episode of season one, Emily? Not, fucking not, episodes are in season one. 50, 48. We decided crazy. I yeah, know. know. Every week we do. Well, look at us. Man, we what else we got to do? That's Wednesday night. Thank you for accommodating um, me on a Friday. Right. My Wednesday. Yes, we did a special Shabbos. We did this on Shabbos just for. That's <laughs> just right. For Usually it's on Wednesday. All right. So next week is the first episode of season two, and it's also our first episode of season two at live at Laserwolf. Yes, the fun. And, uh, and we're doing it with a special guest, Aaron Lee of one hundred four point three, The Shark. 
this, right? A, a professional, our first professional DJ. She's gonna right. make me and Barry sound like the amateurs we are, yeah. and we're gonna be doing the Weezer, uh, the Weezer debut, the, the, the Blue, Blue album. album. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I'm going because when we were having the Las Nubes record mixed, we referenced the Blue Album as how we wanted it to sound. Wow. Okay, so well, tell tell Miss Aaron from the Shark about Las Nubes. Okay. No, I will. And actually, I could hear that. I could hear that in you guys in the recording. Which, by the way, check uh, Las, Las Nubes. Nubes. You, that video uh, you guys did to that song. Uh, Fantastic. Oh, so good. It's good. It's almost good enough where I get mad if I hear things that are too good, and I get like kind of mad. And it's jealous. like Jeff. It's like because we're good looking and yeah, we're right. like yeah, really that's good music. right. Exactly. Yeah, we're, have, we're Jeff Buckley. All I have yeah, issues. Right. I have my own issues. That <laughs> all right. So once again, uh, visit our Patreon. Shout, shout out to Tim Murphy. Our shout out to Patreon. our long suffering sponsor. You can shout. I'm tired of shouting about it. You shut up. Is this tomorrow? <laughs> a weekly web comic available at isthistomorrow.com. Yes, they'll hear your three-minute commercial. Now, now in color. Three minutes. Do you know? You know he's giving me a bunch of shit about how long the promos are. I I'm like, go listen to some other podcasts. They go on about the fucking mattresses for yeah. like five the fucking mattresses, minutes. The mattresses, the toothbrushes, so if, the food delivery. If we want to go on for two way, minutes about a mattress a company that pays I wanna, us money, if, we're gonna do it. If you have a mattress company that wants to advertise in this, fuck yeah, give us a call. You have ten minutes. I'll talk about that fucking mattress. I prefer the toothbrushes actually. <laughs> All right, guys. So thanks again, Emily. Uh, once again, I'm Rob Elba. That's Barry Stock. We will see you guys next week on that record. Got me. Hi. Yeah.